Are you codependent because you've been with a narcissist? Would you identify as someone who is codependent because you've been in an abusive relationship and as a result, you feel like you have to be addicted to that person, you have to be dependent on that particular person? What does codependency actually look like? Well, today we're gonna dive into it a little bit and we're gonna dive into just a definition that I found that we're gonna go walk through from Mental Health America. And I'm gonna put the link down below so you can also see the stuff that I'm reading off of and I'm going through to be able to understand this is where I got it from, okay? When we're talking about codependency, a lot of times it originated from the aspect of an addiction model, which is not always exactly what we're looking at when we're talking about personality disorders and when we're talking about narcissism and when we're talking about trauma bonds, okay? Do those look similar to addiction? Absolutely. And a lot of times I'll use addiction as a descriptor of how the narcissist goes after other people, how people are attached to the narcissist, the trauma bond piece, all those aspects. But we're going to dive into some of the nitty gritty and some of the definition of codependent and see how it matches up. Okay, so stick around. If you guys are new here, my name is Ben Taylor. I'm a self-aware narcissist on this channel to provide awareness, growth, healing, and change. We do it on all the different platforms. So if you don't have a chance to follow, look us up on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn. Now we're actually on Twitter. We don't know what we're doing, but we're still trying. Um, at Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Just look us up anywhere under Raw Motivations. Give us a follow. You never know when we're going to go live or when we're interacting with other people. We do actually have a live Q&A that's scheduled every Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern time on YouTube. So feel free to be able to check that out. You can actually go live with me to be able to ask questions, interact, share your story. Love to have you a part of that. If you want to interact sometime and talk to me to help get some clarity just from the confusion and the crazy making of being with a narcissist, would love to have you reach out. You can reach me at rawmotivations.com. Imagine that, right? Realmotivations.com, click on one-on-ones. We'd love to help you either break free from the trauma bond, help you to rewire your mindset, get through the rumination, the limbo land of like what's actually going on, what's real, am I am I the abusive one, am I the narcissist, all those thoughts, and then set up boundaries moving forward so you don't go back and so you don't get with someone who is a narcissist down the road, okay? So diving into today, are survivors of narcissistic abuse, are they codependent? Like what does that actually look like? Okay, like I mentioned, codependency stemmed from an addiction model and not necessarily just psychology, okay? Now it's starting to be a little bit more broad of like, this is what we're actually talking about, but just wanted to kind of lay that out, start it off, okay? Codependency typically is deriving from a dysfunctional family system, okay? So right there, the aspect is typically like how you were raised and how you were brought up. And it lists three different aspects of the first one being that there's some type of addiction in the family to drugs, to alcohol, to work, to sex, to food, um, to whatever. Like there's different aspects of that that is already built in into the family dynamic that already has it being very, very dysfunctional. Okay. Inside that family that's dysfunctional, oftentimes you'll see different levels and different aspects of abuse. So we're talking like physical abuse, emotional abuse, sexual abuse, mental abuse, like the different things like that that are going to be in that dysfunctional family. The third thing as well is a family member oftentimes that's suffering from a chronic mental or physical illness. So sometimes that also plays into dysfunctional family systems where codependency often is kind of birthed out from. Now with some of these dysfunctional families and the, and the systems that's in there, a couple highlights that I wanted to bring up is a lot of times they're not going to acknowledge problems. Problems get swept under the rug. They're not something we deal with, that we process. And oftentimes you'll feel like your emotions are being repressed, like you're being shut down. 
and the idea of like, let's deny them, let's avoid them. And the problem is like in that family system, you develop like no trust. There's not really an interaction or a piece there that feels trustworthy or good. Now, just at the onset of that, I know some of those already start to sound like, hey, that sounds like me being with a narcissist. And I agree. The thing that I'm just trying to point out is part of what the article's going through and talking about is all of these are built from the dysfunctional family system, not you being involved in a relationship with a narcissist, okay? I think they do correlate in some ways, but I'm just trying to give you an idea of what it actually looks like from the article and what we're diving into, okay? So think of codependency deriving from dysfunctional family systems, okay? But let's talk about like codependency, like what's it actually look like? How's it actually exemplified? So characteristics of codependency, okay? Number one, exaggerated sense of responsibility for the actions of others. So oftentimes it's not just the idea of like, hey, I'm responsible for me, but I'm also responsible for the other person. I'm responsible for what they have done. So we see this sometimes with narcissists of like, oh, like I'm responsible for how they treated me. That kind of an idea. A tendency to confuse love and pity with the tendency to love people they can pity and rescue. Now, sometimes you see this from like an empathetic side of like, let me help fix this person. Uh, but a lot of people I've talked to don't really think of let me fix this person out of pity. There's normally like a little bit of a difference there. Another one is a tendency to do more than their share all of the time. So you see this from people that are codependent growing up in that family system. If I have to take care of other people, I have to do more because more is expected or like I need to show up a certain way. A tendency to become hurt when people don't recognize their efforts. Oftentimes in that dysfunctional family system, you're growing up in a system that is not going to acknowledge who you are, what you're doing, your accomplishments, anything like that, and you're always trying to please that other person. This is why a lot of times growing up in that family system can set people up with different aspects going into relationships that end up getting them hooked into really toxic ones. Another characteristic is an unhealthy dependence on relationships. The codependent will do anything to hold on to a relationship to avoid the feeling of abandonment. Now, right there, abandonment's like ding, 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 okay, borderline, you know, that's a whole aspect of that. But we're not talking about this isn't creating, I mean, it might be creating, but this isn't saying like, hey, this is borderline. We're just saying like, hey, like they want to do anything to keep a lot of times the family dynamic together. You know, thinking of like growing up in a broken family and the kid just wants to fix it. They just want to keep everybody together. That kind of an idea. An extreme need for approval and recognition. So this is where you start seeing a little bit different of like, wait a second, if you're codependent in the relationship, a lot of people that are with narcissists are having to give narcissists all the approval and recognition, but it's not that they're like, oh, pick me, pick me. That's a little bit different piece on like the codependent piece that I want to kind of point out. A sense of guilt when asserting themselves. Oftentimes people have this in the relationship with a narcissist, but this is also talking about like in the family dynamic, like I can't actually have a voice. And oftentimes that leaves you voiceless when you get into other relationships down the road. Here's another one, a codependent characteristic, a compelling need to control others. Now, being this should kind of be a red flag for some people because you're like, wait a second, I can't, I'm not necessarily codependent because I'm not trying to control that other person. I just want them to be accountable. I just want them to be healthy, like different things like that. A lack of trust in self and others. A lot of times we see people struggle with that. Fear of being abandoned and alone. Kind of touched on that already. Difficult of identifying feelings. Now think of it this way. Like, was that something that you was difficult for you to identify before the narcissistic relationship? 
because it might have stemmed back to a family system that didn't really teach you how to identify and work through emotions and feelings. Okay, sometimes there's a rigidity or a difficulty adjusting to change. There's a couple of things the articles say, but like, like you don't want to change. You don't want to be different, like things like that. A lot of times I see people in the relationships that do anything and everything. Like you change your whole life, your lifestyle, where you move, how you act, how you live to be that way for another person, for a toxic person that doesn't really care. Okay, uh, problems with intimacy and boundaries. Now, a lot of times we have people in relationships that don't know how to set boundaries. And oftentimes we see that stems back to their childhood of in that dysfunctional family, they didn't have boundaries. They didn't have stuff that actually was like, no, this is my limit. They weren't taught that they have those limits, that that was disrespectful or whatever it might be. They didn't have like a level of like intimacy in the family, like emotional intimacy of like, hey, we can actually like be close emotionally to work through our problems, not dump our problems and not enmeshment, but be able to work through our problems in a healthy way. So getting out, it's like, I don't know how to deal with intimacy. So I'm just going to run to another person, whatever it might be, okay? Another characteristic of a codependent, chronic anger. Oftentimes we don't see that with someone who's with a narcissist. We see reactive abuse, we see frustration and things like that, but we don't see the codependency part that says chronic anger. Same thing with the next one, characteristics of a codependent, uh, lying and dishonesty. Sometimes we see lying happening in different aspects going on in the relationship to be able to get through something, but not on a regular basis, we don't see that as much poor communications, and then difficulty making decisions. So there's a bunch of different ones that's going in there. So when we're talking codependency, we have to kind of go back to that aspect that it stemmed from the idea of um, addiction, like an addiction model. That's where it stemmed from. And it stemmed, that's where the concept stemmed from. And then it stemmed from the idea of it deriving from that dysfunctional family that they're trying to be able to hide, change, and, and be able to control, in one sense, the perspective or the thought process that's going on there. So what I'm trying to illustrate and kind of show is it's not just the aspect that you're codependent because you got with a narcissist. If you if you resonate with some of these characteristics, you might be codependent because of your childhood, because of what actually happened in growing up in whatever relationships with your family, with your friends, with your with your siblings, things like that. Okay. If that hits home, want to make sure that you reach out and get help. Then you reach out to a therapist, to someone that, that you can talk to, to a counselor, to someone who can actually understand and start walking through this to be like, hey, let's start building up your confidence. Let's start building up the things that you're struggling with. Let's start working on maybe some of those toxic little pieces that we can work on so that you are showing up happy and healthy to the people that you need to show up for. Again, going back to the idea is usually rooted in, in childhood. So identifying self-defeating behaviors is essential to figure out where this actually stemmed from. Okay. Sometimes it's like a tapping into your feelings. Sometimes it's starting to list out what am I feeling? What am I experiencing? What are the triggers that I'm dealing with? Because oftentimes those feelings that have been buried since childhood, maybe they come out in a relationship, but oftentimes when I'm talking to people and, and even research here, but like when I'm talking to people, they're like, yeah, I was looking for something because I didn't have this in my life, because I didn't grow up with this, because this wasn't there. So I realized this is why and I, you know, I got with someone who is exactly like, you know, X, Y, and Z, all these different things like happen. And so the goal is to be able to work with a counselor, a coach, a therapist, or whatever, to start engaging with the full length of your feelings of what's actually going on, to be able to pull out some of those that have been hidden or shut down or discouraged. And be able to bring those to the surface so you can actually live a full life connecting with your feelings and your emotions the way you should.